please stand with us and sing. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and I will see how great, how great is our God. And age he stands, and time is in his hands, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. God at three in one, the Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and I will see how great, how great is our God. Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship on this slightly rainy yet still beautiful Sunday morning. It is wonderful to have you all here this morning. Now before we get going, one of our Sunday school teachers does have an announcement, so we're going to squeeze her in right here at the beginning. So I'm going to hand it over to Miss Debbie. Thank you. Good morning. I just wanted to give you an update on the crop walk. We had a beautiful day yesterday. I'm so glad we walked yesterday and not today. It was wonderful, and thanks to all of you, Zion raised over $350 for the crop walk, and um, the whole Kenton total was over $5,000, so it was a wonderful day. Thank you. And thank you to our walkers. Wonderful. And now, friends, let's turn around for just a second and wave to our friends who are worshiping with us online. Good morning. And now, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. And now let us join in a moment of prayer. 
Holy and loving God, we thank you for allowing us to be here this morning and to worship you. We thank you for allowing us to gather in whatever way we can, here in person or online. Fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. All right, kids, it's time for a children's moment. Are you guys ready for a little children's moment? Yes, well, I want to tell you a story about Jesus, a story about Jesus and his disciples and some pretty important people. Any idea who those pretty important people were? Any guesses? They were, yeah, what do you think? The disciples. The disciples were there, but they weren't the really important people. Any guesses? Ah, children. Funny how my daughter already heard me talking about this a little bit, but good job. That means you were paying attention. Exactly. How cool is it? The really important people that I want to tell you about today were the children. So just like you guys, look around. Look at you guys. All of you, pretty important people. Children, according to Jesus, you guys were pretty important people, especially you right there, little Lucy. Yes, very important people. And so here's what happened. So one day, Jesus was just talking and teaching and everything, just like he always did. And then all of these kids started to walk towards Jesus, and they all started to walk towards Jesus, and they just wanted to get closer. Have you ever just wanted to get closer to see something? Maybe get closer to, you know, maybe somebody's talking and you want to hear them and there's all these big adults like standing right in front of you. So have you ever wanted to get closer to go like, you know, make your way up front so that you could hear what was going on? Anybody? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Well, that's what the kids were doing. But the disciples, the disciples did something that Jesus didn't like. The disciples said, stop. He said, stop having the children go to Jesus. Uh, The disciples said, stop bringing the, the children to Jesus. And Jesus He was like, what is wrong with you disciples? He said, let the little children come to me. And then, hey, Lucy, you want to come here? Want to come here? And then he scooped up a little child, just like this. He scooped up a little child. See? They think you're pretty cute. He scooped up a little child, and when he had the little child in his arms... He told his disciples, who were all gathering around, he said, if you want to make it to heaven, if you want to be in heaven, you don't have to pass any tests, you don't have to do anything amazing, but you have to be like this child. You have to be like a child who isn't afraid to just turn towards the Son of God. You have to be like a child who is just faithful and loving no matter what happens. He said, if you want to make it to heaven, who here wants to make it to heaven? He said, if you want to make it to heaven, you don't have to pass any big tests. You don't have to do anything super special. You got to be like a child. Because think about a child. Children, you guys know that God exists, don't you? You believe in God no matter what. And children are so loving. Yes, they can be a little fussy sometimes, right, big sisters? Can they be a little fussy sometimes? A little bit. I don't believe it. No, no fussiness. But children are loving and most of the time kind and often very sweet and silly but they are always faithful. So all of us adults, maybe we actually need this children's moment today because Jesus says that we need to be like them. All right, you guys ready to stand up and say a prayer? All right, let's come gather over here and say a prayer. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for blessing us with the faith like children. Bless us all today as we worship you. Bless these young children. Let them hold on to their faith in you now and always. 
Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. And you can go off to Sunday school. Yeah, you and your sister. Go, my children, with my blessing never alone. Waking, sleeping, I am with you. You are my own. In my love's baptismal river, I have made you mine forever. Go, my children, with my blessing, you And now if anybody else has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. I am just going to let you know that we had a wonderful new member meeting the other night. It was great to see some of you there. We had 13 people, whether in person or online. If anybody missed the meeting and they want to be a part of it, and you don't have to, you can always come as a guest as long as you want, of course. Uh, But if anybody is interested and they missed it, just let me know. Good morning. I want to thank everybody who made donations for the September birthday buddies. I have a new list for October. Um, It's sports items, but hula hoops, jump ropes, bubbles, things that you might be able to find at the dollar store. Again, you don't have to follow this list exactly. Also, I want to ask, my son took in two foster boys, 11 and 15, and they came with the clothes on their back, only rags. Uh, It took them a while to put on new clothes because they didn't feel entitled. They didn't feel that it was for them. But my son says if you have any extra or extra-large men's shirts in good condition that you're looking to donate, um, please let me know, and I'll collect them for him. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I have some exciting news to share with you from the trustees. Um, We are going to be having another fun upcoming event. Uh, Actually, we just decided upon this yesterday. So mark your calendars for Saturday, November 6th. We will be having another virtual meet raffle. Um, And because we literally just discussed the date yesterday, we don't have all the details in terms of time and ticket prices and things of that nature, but we will be sure to share that with you next week. So we're excited, and we hope that you are as well. Thanks. And now, friends, it's time for us to light our peace candle. So as we do this, we light this candle, and will you all join your hearts and your minds with me as we pray for peace, peace in our own lives and peace in the world. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we light this candle as a symbol of peace, and we pray, Lord, for peace on earth. We pray for your peace that surpasses all human understanding. We pray for your peace in our lives, and Lord, we pray for the peace in the world. We pray for your peace to prevail on earth. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Uh, Please join me in the litany. Uh, Today we are invited to a joyful feast hosted by Jesus Christ. No matter who we are, we are invited to a joyful feast hosted by Jesus Christ. All who thirst will find a fountain. 
No matter our ability, we are invited to a joyful feast hosted by Jesus Christ. No matter our social status, we are invited to a joy, joyful feast hosted by Jesus Christ. No matter our family structure, we are invited to a joyful feast hosted by Jesus Christ. No matter our location, we are invited to a joyful feast hosted by Jesus Christ. For this is heavenly banquet, and you are welcome here. Let us worship God. I want 
Amen, and please be seated. And will you open your pew Bibles to the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter. We are only reading verses 13 through 16, because otherwise it would take our mind into some different places with different discussions. So we're going to stay focused on these main verses here, verses 13 through 16 which are about how we need to be like children. And by the way, the funniest thing that I was just standing there singing and and started kind of giggling a little bit, because if you happen to see my Walter started rolling down the aisle, I don't know if everybody caught that. Of course, one of my kids is right there to answer the question right away, and the other one starts rolling down the aisle. But I just kind of started thinking, when we think about entering the kingdom of heaven, maybe some of us are going to roll our way into the kingdom of heaven. Maybe walking gets a little bit boring sometimes. Maybe we need to, to tap into that inner child and roll our way into the kingdom of heaven. I'm not quite sure. Uh, and then also you're going to notice that this sounds, if you've been here you know, for the past couple weeks, and you're going to notice that this sounds a lot like something that we read just a couple of weeks ago when Jesus was talking about children a different time. And again, he scooped up a child in order to teach his disciples a lesson. That was only one chapter before. Now I'm going to tell you, if you know the Gospel of Mark well, you know that the Gospel of Mark is Gospel of brevity. It's the briefest of the Gospels. It gives us, the, it's the shortest. If you want to read it, you you can sit down and read it in just a little bit of time. It gives us just the details in that, that we need to know. And the fact that he's telling us twice, just two chapters apart, about Jesus scooping up children and using children as an example, I'm going to say twice in two chapters means we should probably pay pretty good attention to what he's saying here. So I think we need to pay attention. And one more thing before we begin to read, you're going to notice we have our confirmation class sitting right up here. And so any of you who might be new to the church might not know that, the, and especially with the last year, everything's been bizarre. But what we do on the first Sunday of every month is our confirmation class leads us as lectors. Instead of being in class, they're here in worship. And so this is how they learn to stand and to lead us in worship, and it's an amazing thing. And kids, we want, I'm going to speak on behalf of all of us adults here, we want you to know, if you ever make any mistakes, it's okay. If you ever mess up on any way, it's okay. We all love you. Just do the best you can, and we love that you guys are here in worship, don't we, adults? We love it. So God bless you all and thank you all. And now, with all that said, let's read. Open up to the Gospel of Mark, the 10th chapter. We will start with verse 13. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. And as I said, just a few verses here, so pay really good attention. We learn about Jesus blessing the little children. It says, people were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms and laid his hands on the children, and he blessed them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In all of you, we worship. Stand amazed at your great love. 
change from glory to glory. We set our hearts on you, our God. Now your presence fills this place. Be exalted in our praise as we worship I believe you are Let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord. We turn to you, Lord, on this day as we hope to focus on these verses. Let us learn something new. Let us focus on you more. Let us be more like children in the way that you call us to be. Lord, we ask that you bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say 
can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So I love imagining this whole situation. I, I love imagining Jesus. Maybe, maybe he wasn't standing and teaching like he always does. Maybe Jesus was just in the, sitting there in the middle of the town. Maybe he was just sitting on a stoop and kind of sitting there and talking to everybody as everybody kind of gathered around. I imagine maybe Jesus was just taking a seat and he was talking to those who wanted to come and to hear him speak. And then I imagine these little children just weaseling their little way up through the crowds because they wanted to come and see Jesus. I imagine those little street children, you know, the children that maybe weren't as clean as the other children, maybe the children that weren't quite as well fed as the other children, making their way up close and then sitting right next to Jesus on the stoop, wanting to be close to him. I imagine people with babies and young children just thinking, well, I, I know that Jesus, he, he seems like he must be holy. I just wonder if he can just touch and bless my child. And so there were people bringing their little children and their infants over towards Jesus just so he could touch them and molest them. I imagine it must have been such a beautiful sight. It was one of those probably beautiful moments that, that's so picturesque that many people have actually painted pictures about it. It was one of those moments that was probably so picturesque that there are some beautiful pictures in some of the most famous museums in the world depicting this exact event. It was a beautiful, peaceful moment until one of the disciples said, Stop it! One of the disciples said, stop bringing the children up to Jesus. One of the disciples said, stop bugging the teacher right now. Just stop it. And I say that with a bit of force because in verse 13, notice it says that the disciples spoke sternly to them. The disciples sternly told the children to stop. Sternly told the parents who were carrying up their children to stop. To stop bugging Jesus. And then I love, oh, I love each, and I've paid a lot of attention to each and every individual word in this text. That's what I do when we're only reading a few verses. But then we learn that Jesus becomes indignant with his disciples. He get, becomes indignant with them. He becomes angry, not with the people coming to see him or to bring children to him, but he becomes angry and annoyed with his disciples who yelled and who had, who, who had shouted stop. And what Mark wants us to see, too, is Mark wants us to know that Jesus has already used children as an example. Jesus has already elevated children. He's already lifted up children and told his disciples that if they want to enter the kingdom of God, then they and they need to be like these children in a different way. He said that whoever welcomes a child in my name welcomes me. So Jesus had already used children as an example. And then here his disciples, they told everybody to stop. They ruined this beautiful picturesque moment by telling them to stop. And you know what I think made Jesus the most indignant? Is that in that moment, do you know who the disciples sounded an awful lot like? The Pharisees, I hear it right there. They sounded a lot like the Pharisees because as Jesus was gaining in popularity, as, as Jesus was the one who everybody wanted to come and see and listen to, then the disciples were starting to feel pretty important. They were starting to feel like, oh, look, we're the ones who are here with the teacher. We're the ones who are gaining importance. And so the disciples were starting to act too much like the Pharisees. They were creating rules where rules did not need to be created. They 
were stopping people from accessing the divine. They were putting a barrier between Jesus, the Son of God, and the children who wanted to come to the Son of God. So, of course, Jesus became indignant with his disciples. And when he became indignant with his disciples, he didn't just lose his temper or anything, but he took this as a teaching moment. And I just love this, that he scooped up. And I I noticed this the next time. It didn't say he scooped up just one child, but he scooped up a whole bunch of children. I wonder, this is why I think Jesus was sitting there, and I think he gathered all of the children right over towards him. He gathered them to sit right there with him in his arms, and as he gathered the children to be right there in his arms, he said, let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. This is beautiful. I mean, the disciples messing up, that's not so beautiful. But you know what? Disciples were people. I don't know about you, but I mess up sometimes. Anybody here mess up sometimes? Yeah, I mess up sometimes. So did the disciples. Hopefully they learned from that little mess up that they had. But this, this is so beautiful. So let's think about it. Let's think about what Jesus might have meant when he said that we need to be like children in order to enter into the kingdom of God. What do you think that Jesus meant like that, meant by that? Well, I'm going to tell you one of the first things that I'm thinking is that that I think that children all have an innate sense of God. I think that within them, that children naturally believe in God before anybody even teaches them this. I think this not only because of my own experience with my own children just talking about God, but I've even seen children who are in families that don't believe in God, and then suddenly the children start talking about God. The children start saying, well, maybe God did this. Oh, do you think God did this? The children start talking about God, even if they live in families that do not believe at all. I think that children have an innate sense of God. I think that they naturally believe in God, and it's a beautiful thing. I thought this before I had children, and I'll continue to think it for much longer because I've seen so many different examples of how children just seem to believe in God. But what happens as we get older? As we get older, what do we start to do? We start to, yeah, just sometimes question ourselves. We start to overthink things, and we start, we start to doubt. When you say that think, it reminds me, Trevor and I were talking about this just the other day, what kind of test takers we were. And I was saying how, you know, I was always such a good test taker for anything that I could study, but I was a terrible test taker for any of those things like the SATs. I hated those kind of exams. And I remember taking a, a class to, that was supposed to help me to do better on things like the SATs. And my teacher said to me, she's like, you realize you always have the answer the first time. She's like, and then you second guess it. You always have the answer the first time, but then you think about it, and then you end up putting down the wrong answer after a little while. But that's what we do as we become adults. We know that God exists from the time that we're children, but as we get older, we start to not just think, but we overthink things, and then we start to doubt, and then we start to question, and then the whole entire world starts to kind of wear us down a little bit, and the world starts to make us more negative, and the world kind of wears us down a little bit. I hate to think that it might already be happening to you guys, But sometimes the whole world can put a lot of weight on your shoulders, can it? The whole world can kind of make things seem a little bit less nice and a little bit less exciting. And then sometimes our minds start to doubt. And and as our minds start to doubt, then we end up not being as faithful as we once were. But imagine if we all had faith like we did when we were children. 
Imagine if we all had that strong, natural sense of faith that we did when we were children before we started to doubt, before we insisted that we would only believe in things that we could see and touch. Imagine if we tapped into that faith that we had when we were little children. It would be a beautiful thing. Here's another thing about kids. Have you ever listened to a kid pray? Like really, really pray? Have you ever listened to a kid seriously pray on their own before? Maybe not. Maybe yes. I'm going to give you a little example here. So in the spring, Taylor was doing a little project. She was doing some kind of project for her class, and she was using the stapler. And as she had the stapler in her hand, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there exactly. But somehow, instead of stapling the paper, guess what she stapled? Her thumb. And the staple went right into her thumb. So it was just lying flat there on her thumb, completely in my nine-year-old's thumb. And suddenly I hear screaming. You know when you know something's like really wrong, that a kid isn't just being dramatic, but they are hurt. It was one of those things. I hear crying and screaming. And Walter comes to get me. He's like, oh, mom, Taylor's really hurt. You know, come quick. And so I went and I looked at it and I saw this staple just right in her thumb. And I was like, oh, kiddo, this isn't good. So of course, the very first thing that I did was I called my neighbor, who's a nurse. I was like, please do not be at work right now. She was at work right now. So instead, you know, I did what she told me to do. I grabbed some rubbing alcohol and I poured it on Taylor's thumb. And I went and I grabbed some needle nose pliers. I was really impressed with the fact that I could find them. I went and got some needle nose pliers and poured some rubbing alcohol all over them. And then I said, okay, Taylor, we got to try to get this on our own. If it's not going to come out, we're going to have to go to urgent care. We got to at least give this a good try. And so we're ready to go. And she goes, wait, mom, stop. Can I pray first? And I said, of course. (laughs) And it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I'm not saying this because she's my kid. I'm saying this just because it was amazing. She, she took her, uh, her hands and she folded them right in front of her. And, and she closed her eyes, like, you know, that tight close, like when you're like squeezing your hands and squeezing your eyes. And I couldn't hear exactly what she was saying, but man, was that kid praying. Those lips were moving a mile a minute as she was praying and having a very serious conversation with God in that moment. And she was praying and she was praying and she was praying. And then finally she took a deep breath and she goes okay, mom, I'm ready now. And then she kind of looked away. And so then I I said, okay. And she closed her eyes and gave me her thumb. And and then I stuck the needle nose pliers in there and out it came. It had not, the ends had not folded in. It came out beautifully. But I was just thinking about how kids, I truly believe that kids have the strongest prayers. You guys are still kids in my mind. So I'm going to tell you this. I think kids have the strongest prayers prayers. I don't know, but I somehow think that when kids pray, it's like music to God's ears. When kids pray and they ask and they ask with every ounce of their being, I think that is music to God's ears. I don't know. Somehow that staple just came out in a snap without a little ounce of pain for that kiddo. I think that kids are not afraid to ask and receive as Jesus tells us to do. Kids aren't worried about everything in the same way that we are. They, they just go to God in prayer and they pour out their hearts in prayer. And watch when a kid is really praying, when a kid really prays, not when we lead them in prayer, but when a kid really prays on their own, they pour out their hearts to God. How can we pray more like children? When's the last time that we prayed and we poured out our hearts to God? I'm going to ask you guys this. Maybe some of you are like, just this morning, (laughs) just this morning I was doing, but maybe some of you guys can't quite remember. Why don't we pray? Like children pray when they're in need. 
Why don't we just pour out our hearts to God? Don't worry about whether or not God might be able to answer this prayer. Just ask and see if God will help you to receive it. Just pour out our thoughts and our fears and our everything in prayer. And the the third thing that I want us to talk about, about how we should be a little bit more like children, actually doesn't come from me, but it comes from Lori Middlefelt right there. So Lori right there thought about this during Bible study the other day. So uh, I think about whenever anything goes wrong in a kid's life. You know, we've got kids. Most of us here have kids or grandkids. You guys, in my mind, are still kind of right in that almost kid kind of phase. When something goes wrong in a kid's life, who's the first person that they run to? Mom or dad. Exactly. The first person that a kid runs to, the first thing that they do is they run right to mom and dad. Something goes wrong. Somebody hurt their feelings. Somehow they fell down and skinned a knee. Somebody bumped them somewhere. Maybe they're just not feeling great. Maybe they're, they're not feeling well or something. The first person that they run to is mom and dad. So here's what, Lori's a smart one over there. Why don't we run to our heavenly parent? whenever something goes wrong. And and just think about this. Imagine if we ran to our heavenly parent, to God, with that same kind of fervor, with that same kind uh, kind of just need that our kids do when they run to us when they are in need. I mean, a lot of times, us adults, something goes wrong in our lives. Maybe somebody hurts us. Maybe somebody hurts our feelings. That happens, doesn't it? Kids, you guys ever have anybody hurt your feelings? Imagine if somebody hurt our feelings, and instead of running over to a friend and going, can you believe that they did this, they did this X, Y, and Z, and I think that they're a terrible person, and we should all believe that they're a terrible person because they hurt my feelings. What if instead, when somebody hurts our feelings, instead of running over to a friend and gossiping that to that person, what if we lifted that person up to God in prayer? What if we turned to our Heavenly Father? What if we looked up and we said, God, this person must be going through something because they're hurting me right now. What if we looked up to God and we said, God, I need you now. Help me with this relationship that I have with this other person. What if instead of turning to somebody else in gossip, we turned straight to our Heavenly Father? Or what if something went wrong and maybe we're really struggling with something in our lives and we're really feeling down or we're really feeling hurt and we're really feeling like everything is falling apart around us? What if instead of, you know, turning to something to numb our pains or, or maybe trying to escape from it all, what if instead we turn to our heavenly parent and we turned to our God and we just said, God, I need you now. What if we prayed with that fervor that a child prays with and we poured out our hearts and we said, God, I need you now. What if we went straight to God instead of trying to fix our own problems? Imagine how much more wisdom we would have. Because here's the thing, when something goes wrong in our lives and we turn to God, honestly and openly turn to God, do you know that God imparts wisdom on us? When we turn to God, God gives us a peace of mind that nobody else can give us. When we turn to God, God helps to ease our pain and to ease our anxiety and to help us to find a better path to discern. When we turn to God, God guides us. So the same way that a child runs to a parent, we, friends, we should run to our God. Now, it's World Communion Sunday, so I need to really quickly wrap it up, but I want us all to think about this this week. I want us to seriously think about how we can be more like our child selves. How can we tap into that innate faith that we have in God? How can we truly believe without a seed of doubt like children do? 
How can we turn to God in that fervent prayer and pray our hearts out like a child who's in need? How can we turn to God first and foremost before we turn to anybody else? How can we be more like children in our faith and in our relationship with God? Lori already thought of something over here. You guys think of something I want you to let me know. Share what you come up with. How can we be more like children so that we can enter the kingdom of God? And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn towards you today. Lord, we know that there's no test or anything to get into the kingdom of heaven. We know that you just want us to come to you with faith. We know that you just want us to come to you openly and honestly. Help us, Lord, to turn to you today. Bless us so that we can be more like children. We can be more open and honest with our faith. And we can turn towards you at all and every time. And Lord, on this World Communion Sunday, we pray not only for ourselves, but we pray for all of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. Lord, we pray for those who are in difficult situations. We pray for those who are in war-torn countries. We pray for those who do not have enough food to fill their bellies. We pray for those who are suffering. We pray for those who are lonely. We pray for those who don't have a strong relationship with you. Bless them all as we gather here today. We pray this all through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and together we say, Amen. Please join us in our tithes and offerings. With a grateful heart, give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now that 
Join me in the prayer. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. And please be seated. Come you who are weary and restless. Come all who hunger and thirst. We are ready. Creating God, source of all our being and all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord. And we join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We gratefully recall and remember Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ rising from the tomb by the power of God. It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine. Bless us as we receive them that we may offer you our faith and our praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another, and we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world. And let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Through the broken bread, we participate in the body of Christ. Through the cup of blessing, we participate in the newness of life. Today is World Communion Sunday. Everything looks just a little bit different as we have a different type of bread in front of us to remind us that today is not the same Sunday as always, but we are communing together with our brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world. So you will be invited to come forward as one row at a time and receive communion.
Let us pray together. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Strengthen us in faith. Increase our love for one another. And let us show the world your greatness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in the unity with the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. The grassy fields sway at your feet. The forest trees, they stretch to the heavens. The cloudy skies open up to you. The rolling hills rise and fall in you. The ocean waves, they clap their hands. The waterfalls bow down to their knees. The glassy sea reflects your rays. The rushing river runs after you. I see your majesty. How can it be? You delight in me, and all creation sings. Great are you, Lord. You are the God of heaven. Great are you, Lord. You are the King of glory. Great are you, Lord. I delight in you, great are you, Lord. The autumn leaves drop at your feet, the winter snow, it falls silent. The springtime flowers look up to you. The summer breeze, it whispers your name. The shining sun rises up to you. The shooting stars dance around in joy. The glowing moon shines forth your light. The universe moves around your throne. I see your majesty. I see your majesty. How can it be that you delight in me? All creation sings, great are you, Lord. You are the God of heaven, great are you, Lord. You are the King of glory, great are you, Lord. And I delight in you. Great are you. 
Now go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the faith of a child. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.